Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, the man who with which I just worked a real mangled metaphor together where we established, I think pretty clearly, that ASAP Rocky is Tony Ferguson to Rihanna's Conor McGregor. This is Lavender Gooms. Would it be too much to say that ASAP Rocky is the Chris Judd to Rihanna's J-Lo? Or is that doing too much of an insult to ASAP Rocky? Dude, I mean, I thought maybe you were going to say the Tony Ferguson thing. Because I was about to say, hey, man, Tony Ferguson, interim champ, all these I, things. Well, yes. But I feel that while I know who ASAP Rocky is, and I know he had, I know, at least to me, one big song. All right? so Real quick, Mark, what was the big song for ASAP Rocky? Is he the guy with tattoos all over his face? I mean, that was a narrow doubt I'm at all. I'm thinking of Machine Gun Kelly instead. I feel, <laughs> I I feel you're making a generalization that I think you're actually correcting. <laughs> but because to say, is he the rapper with tattoos on his face in uh-huh. 2023? That's like, I mean, yeah, motherfucker, that's all of them. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't? Okay. I mean, he I looks... I, he, thinking of I just Googled it. My man looks real nice in a suit. Coming. I, I'm just yeah, saying. You know what? You know what, Mark? Actually, you're wrong because he is a very pretty man and he cannot have tattoos on his face. You were saying that, and the guy I was picturing, I was like, that guy's not pretty. But I think I was thinking of Michelle Machine Gun Kelly. That's a, that's that guy guy's white. Was, yeah, that's yeah, a white yeah, yeah. I, was thinking, okay. I was thinking of like a white rapper guy thing. That's not that's not this guy. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know this gentleman. But apparently he 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 busts the rhymes good. Or he yeah, has, he did it once really, really well. Yeah, fucking uh, problems. His it's his fucking problems song, is yeah. his, right? Fucking problems. Fucking problems. Uh, okay, that was good. I like that song. That was like 11 years ago, so my man's been so eating well. off that. Okay. Well, his his biggest hit was a few months ago when his son was born. I was going to say when he knocked up Rihanna was his biggest hit. That's right. <laughs> that was, that That's right. Israel Chappelle, and- the Chappelle skit with Oprah. That's what I'm just imagining Aesop Rocky now. <laughs> All right, living the dream. Um, wow. I don't what's, that dude, what's that dude's name, Benson? Stedman. Deadman, there we go. Some deep cuts for you guys who are not, you know, nearly 40 years old. Mike, I don't want to cut. I want to cut off your segment. What is what is today or tomorrow? Thank you. However you do it. Uh, well, tomorrow is a happy National Hot Chocolate Day. I actually had Ooh. hot chocolate today with Ooh. my Barely. garlic bagel toasted with scallions. All right. Man, you That's didn't give a fuck stuff. who you talked to today, huh? Garlic bagel with scallions? <laughs> <laughs> God damn. All right, did I even think about that? Hi, I'm Michael. And today, January 30th, is a happy National Croissant Day. Hmm. And, and a happy National Bubble Wrap Day. I have a very important question for you guys. Are you more of a, where you have small little bubbles, Right. So that way, when you twist it, you get that nice little like machine gun effect. Or do you like just big fat bubbles where it's like you feel that you're going to wake up the neighbors when you pop one of them? 
I feel I'm not getting that much bubble wrap. Do you not get all your packages with that weird inflatable bag shit Amazon does? That's all Amazon. It's not lying. Yeah, that's like, I get that those inflatable are five bag huge shit. bubbles. I get five yeah. huge bubbles, and I just normally take my like letter opener and just kind of stab them through all of them so I can get all the air out quickly. That's mm -hmm. my move now, Mike, sadly. Yeah, Mike, to answer your question, though, I do like the small ones and kind of just like squeezing right. the life out of it until there's no more pops. Just you know, ring it, just wringing it like yeah. a towel. Yeah. But, but like right. Bob said, like few and far between now, they don't really use that anymore. It's kind of a bygone thing. I don't know if the millennials, I guess we are millennials, was it uh, the Zoomers? Well, I the think Zoomers it's just know a, about bubble wrap? I think it might just be that Amazon doesn't do it for sure. And well, that's and really people, where I'm buying Where else do you buy stuff from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ended up on, I ended up on Mexican Amazon today. I was trying to buy office chairs for our office in Mexico. Five minutes of looking at some other website. I'm like, fuck it. Amazon it is. Let's go. Let's get it done. Um, anyway, Mike, is it National Croissant Day and National Hot Chocolate Day? And National uh, Bubble Wrap Day. National Bubble yeah, Wrap chocolate, Day. Hot chocolates. When you guys are listening to this, it's Hot Chocolate Day. Yeah. Croissant was in the past today, which I blew. I love croissants and did not utilize this holiday Man, to it, get some it's real so. disappointing that place we used to eat, get lunch right by your apartment where they used to make the sandwiches with the croissants that the, the diablo deli diablo deli that place oh yeah. solid oh, croissant yeah. sandwich <laughs> all right um all right boys and girls we got fights to pick one of them is airing so late at fucking uh, that none of us are gonna watch it to be honest um at least not that night um talk about that ufc card which was originally booked for um is Busan a real place? That's the name of the yes. place? I think that's mm -hmm. where they were supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Famous uh, Korean uh, zombie movie called Trains to Busan. Okay. So hopefully I got it right watch, then. You should watch it. It's good. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm hopefully I was right then. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was going to be in somewhere in Korea at least. Which is why if you look at the undercard, there's a whole bunch of, bunch of fighters you've never heard of. Well, normally that's the case with these Apex cards anyway, but um, these are all... The road to the UFC lightweight, featherweight, bantamweight, and flyweight tournament finals. Um, mm. And that's all the undercard of this thing. Um, main card's got some interesting guys. We got we got our boy, um, Duho, um, returning to fight Kyle Nelson. That was for you, Mike. I didn't want to mess it up. We got Marcin Tybora versus Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, Blagoy, Stefan's favorite heavyweight right there. Um, I am wondering why... This dude is in the co-main event. Jung Daun versus Devin Clark. But I Got see his, he's from Korea. <laughs> and, Probably a large part of uh, it. He's 15 and 3 and 1, coming off of a loss to Dustin Jacoby. Um, and on the other end of it is Devin Clark, who Devin's a, you know, it's a good light heavyweight, but he's also lost a bunch of fights recently. So, yeah, it makes no sense. Main event, though, is pretty good, guys. Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak. Really consequential fight in the UFC heavyweight division where we have Derek Lewis, who's currently... Number seven, taking on uh, Sergey mm -hmm. Spivak, who um, is another one of these young cats, man, coming up. Um, and this one's from Moldova. Um, besides the loss to Tom Aspinall, he's won five of six. Um, so, yeah, um, we're going to pick that fight. We're also going to say goodbye, allegedly. Not sure how, how much any of us believe this. Um, to the last emperor, uh, Fedor Emelianenko. Going to have his retirement fight in uh, Inglewood. Uh, quite frankly, I was real hoping we would get it here, Marcus. I would have, I would have gone. I think, I think we would have been going if they told us it's Fedor's last fight. Um, Ryan Bader versus Fedor, mm. um, taking place in Inglewood. And our our buddy, you know, Yuri, uh, friend of the podcast, is in town also. 
Definitely could have muscled that kid into going to see Fedor fight. So, anyway. Uh, we're going to pick that fight, too. We're going to talk about, you know, there's going to be a Bellator middleweight title fight. Um, before that, though, Mike, we got just news. Like, fight bookings left and right. Um, Dana White should probably ban himself from the UFC because the way he broke this news, just, you know, ruining the celebration with these half-assed press conferences, you know. It's like when Ariel relieved your reel to Brock Lesnar news and he had to ban him from the UFC. Because we know the fight announcements are real important. Um, biggest one, Mike, Izzy Adesanya, Alex Pajeda, Poetan, gonna do it a fourth time, brother. Second time in MMA, uh, April 8th, UFC 287? Yep. Yeah, thank you. 287. Location not known, but we'll talk about what the rumor is. Mike, early thoughts. I mean, you had to think this was coming, I guess, huh? Yeah, I mean, Adesanya was champ for for a pretty long time. It pretty much cleaned out the, the middleweight division. So... A lot of times when champions get an automatic, uh, you know, an immediate rematch, we're like, well, was that really warranted? In this case, if he wanted it, it was warranted. Um, you know, besides the fact that he had been a, a, a dominant champ for, for a long time, he he was winning the fight. Um, he was up 3-1, I, mean, that, I think, on every scorecard, right? That was the other thing that can be forgotten. Um, me and Bobby were in the house. It was an official. It's a, it's an amazing event. We were watching the fight. I thought that besides the fact that, you know, Pajeda did have a fair amount of power. Adesanya was winning the fight. I had it three rounds to one. I think pretty much everyone else did as well until, until the power got to Adesanya. So you can't say that, you know, Pajeda, you know, whooped his ass this time. So is it warranted? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's see what happens this time. Maybe maybe Adesanya makes all the corrections he needs to make now. Fourth time is a charm. Hey, man, how say. many times did it taste to take the Chiefs to beat to beat Joe Burrow? Four times, right? Maybe Four this times. Is, That's right. Do you remember? Uh, they, they did get a little help from uh, from the rest there. Uh, you can't hit the referee. You hit the guy that far out of balance. Granted, they probably shouldn't be able to hit your guy either. Anyway, you remember we were there, Mike, and going into the fifth round, and I said, man, like, like, I, I kind of, like, hate it when guys, like, are down and they don't fucking go for it when they know yeah. they need a knockout. And then when the yeah. fight ended, like, one of the first things you said to me where you were like, after we'd lost a bunch of money, to be clear, both of us, you just said, well, you got your wish, man. He he fucking went for it. And I'm like, that was all I was asking for. He went for it. So, um, Marcus, guess we'll see, huh? You know, we'll make our predictions then. But maybe Izzy makes the adjustments. He has had... Three months. It'll be six months, seven months. November, beginning of November to beginning of April. So like six months. Yes, you know, people have made adjustments in less time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the most compelling fight they could do with Pereira right now. I mean, given all the things you guys said and how dominant Izzy was and how well he performed there, to see if he can make those adjustments and you know overcome you know his real life personal demon, this guy that has kind of seemed to have had the answer against him for his career to see if he's going to be able to, you know, change up some of the skill sets he had to really, you know, utilize, you know, um, some of his grapplings. I think that that was, that was one of the issues that I think he, uh, where I think it's difficult is that he did good in the grappling. He can, he controlled top extremely well. The striking he did pretty good in too, but it's just, it's a dangerous game to play. He obviously didn't really seem to have like that kind of like finishing power. He was technically a little sharper and was outscoring him. Um, so it's going to be, it'll be really interesting to see what adjustments he makes. And I, I think by a business standpoint, it's just like the division 
it would get in a really weird place, right? If it was against somebody else, like if he fought a cannoneer, or I'm trying to think of some other grapplers out there, like a um, I mean, Whitaker or something. Whitaker is the clear number one. Cont- I mean, I think they booked a fight for Whitaker too. I somewhere in this, right? Find that, but like, well, what, what I'm getting as if he fights anyone that Izzy has already defeated, and then that person beats uh, Alex, then it's kind of like, well, Izzy beat them already. He's That's literally everybody too. Again. <laughs> right. And it just, it, it's just not compelling, right? We have this weird MMA math thing going on. So I think this is kind of the best avenue to take because if Alex beats him twice, then it's like, yo, whether you think he's, you know, he has some holes in his game and his grappling or not, he beat, you know, not even arguably the best middleweight in the sport right now. So, you know, let's see how he does against uh, these other guys. Probably he might be able to make those adjustments. The second greatest middleweight we've ever seen in terms of like quality of reign. You know, yeah. you could argue he beat better people possibly at some point. Ah, Anderson beat a lot of people too, but middleweight's always been interesting. We'll see. Um, all right, co-main event on this card as of right now. And I, the more I think about it, given how much one of these guys tends to, I don't know how much he costs. Um, Gilbert Burns, fresh off of running through Neil Magny, like a fucking like samurai sword through cotton, through fucking butter, um, is going to, is going to fight uh, Jorge Masvidal himself. Um, you get the impression, I'll say this, if Jorge Masvidal wins this fight, I'm really not going to argue with you if you book Jorge Masvidal versus, and if, Le- and if Leon Edwards wins against Usman, I'm not going to argue with you if um, if anybody beats Gilbert Burns and then gets a title shot, to be honest. I think Gilbert mm-hmm. Burns, he lost to uh, Kamaru. Does he beat him every time? Does Kamaru beat him every time? I don't know. I think Gilbert Burns is incredible, Mark. I think this is a incredibly tall task for Jorge. To beat Gilbert, yeah. Burns. this is this I mean, is like minus three hundred easily. I think my mm-hmm. opinion, like yeah, no, I I agree with your sentiment. I mean, Jorge obviously the UFC values him very highly, and they've given him lots of opportunities. Mm. You know, oftentimes unjustly to get a crack at that belt. So if he gets a legitimate win over Gilbert Burns, who looked you know absolutely fantastic in his recent outing, um, and it, it does, and also to your point, you know, if you beat Burns, you're kind of in title contention. You know, Kazmat did beat him. But there's weight things going on with him. No one's really, you know. Well, they they, 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 they said you're not getting a title shot. You're going to go be our executioner. And then he fucked it up by eight pounds. So he, exactly, he did that so himself. Like, so <laughs> I think I think that analogy, like where Gilbert Burns is kind of like a gatekeeper, is somewhat fair. Um, and I do feel like if Usman loses again to Leon Edwards, he's in a similar spot. Like those two guys are top tier. In the division, so if you get a win over Usman, you get a win over Burns. I think you're right in that title picture. Um, so that'd be big for Jorge. It just seems difficult, right? Jorge doesn't really have a skill set where I think he does his best work is kind of in the stand up. He has some power; he can be a little bit technical, but on the I, ground, I think he's going to suffer. Say, technically and I think Burns standing, hard. technically standing, Marcus, he's probably the advantage. The one advantage he has is technically mm-hmm. standing. I mean, I think he probably, I don't know if his offensive grab wrestling is better than Gilbert's, but I also don't know if you, I know Gilbert's a ridiculous grab, a black belt, like an absurd one. I don't know if that's like in his guard necessarily or just top game because we've never really seen Gilbert. I don't remember Gilbert working a lot of guard. Do you? No, like, and I, mean, I, I have a hard time seeing Jorge trying to take the fight down or wrestling him, but I can't see Burns muscling him down. And, and we've seen Jorge on his back and. You know, it's not the most impressive thing in the world. And if you get someone like Burns on top of you, I think that really I think he'll is going to be a bit of a honestly, mismatch. Because I think like... He could, yeah. He survived Damian Maya when Damian Maya was in like God mode. Remember when Damian Maya was marching mm-hmm. towards the welterweight title? Like he was beating dudes and taking no punches. 
Like, and then Jorge survived three rounds. So, um, Mike, this fight's in Miami. That's the rumor is in Miami at least. UFC has never managed to sell Miami, sell tickets to Miami for shit. I guess putting in the pride of Miami, Cuban gentleman Jorge Masvidal, in a big spot here, short of the main event. I guess this is if they do a good marketing. I guess what do you think? <laughs> if if someone is gonna do it for Miami, it would be Jorge Masvidal. Um, besides all of that, don't really care about it being in Miami. It's just more. Jorge Masvidal is kind of like um, uh, Yoshihiro Akiyama, where he seems to like, no matter how many times he loses, he seems to still get very plush uh, fights, um, as if he's a top contender. Has he? Um, when's the last time he won a fight? Honestly, uh, like, Nate Diaz in November second, twenty nineteen. So Nate Diaz has won a fight more recently than Jorge Masvidal. Okay. Yes, yes, he has. So we're not counting that, that fight on the street. He didn't win that one. No. Um, well, he's getting, he, I think he's getting sued for, for that. So I think yeah, that makes him the loser. By that the way, this is uh, Colby, judges. Colby, ref, it sounded like we were circling. We've been circling Colby versus Kamzat for a while. And, mm-hmm. uh, Colby seems to not want to fight anybody if it's not for a championship. Just mm-hmm. tough when you're on a one fight win streak against Jorge Masvidal. Um, there's also... Uh, Gilbert Burns has wanted to fight Bilal Muhammad this whole time, and Bilal Muhammad wanted nothing to do with it. So, um, Bilal, let's just book Bilal versus Kamzat, huh? What do you think? That sounds like a good fight. I'd like to see yeah. that. Let's see if Kamzat can make weight. Um, also on this card, um, Kevin Holland, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Good fucking fight. Um, Raul Rosas Jr., the 18-year-old wunderkind, um, taking on some... I feel I've seen Christian Rodriguez's name, so... That's happening. Uh, this fight here. Fucking Rob Font. I shouldn't curse so much. Rob Font taking on Adrian Yanez. Woo. Number eight, number, number six versus number 13. Rob Font is a dog for taking this kind of fight, Mike. Like, you finally, Rob Font, work your way to number six, and they're making you fight one of these young cats who's just smoking people. Woo. It's a big ass there. Um... This is good. Kelvin Gastelum, guys, no longer went from fighting in a main event to fighting to the on the prelims of this card. So that happened. Um, Michelle Watterson is fighting a woman without a Wikipedia page. Michelle Watterson does not win fights anymore. She's lost four or five. I mean, the lady doesn't have a Wikipedia page. It's a pretty safe bet she'll win that one, hopefully. I don't know. He's lost four or five. Seems like they want to give it to her. I believe she's also a William Morris Endeavor client herself. Mm-hmm. How is that allowed? Good question, Bobby. I know. Thank you. Um, Gerald Mishart versus Joe Pfeiffer. Not a, I like Gerald Mishart. Cynthia Calvillo, Lupita Godinez. This is not bad, man. They're going to ask 80 bucks for it. I guess, you know, it has to be not bad. Another fight that got announced the following week, April 15th, Max Holloway. Versus Arnold Allen. Mike, Arnold Allen has been... Arnold Allen doesn't lose fights. To be honest, Arnold Allen's UFC record is... 10-0. 10 wins, 0 losses. You beat Max Holloway, you get a title shot, right, buddy? Hmm. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, because Mark, on the other end of the spectrum, in the featherweight division, what we got going on is... We get some clarity next month. End of next month, I think. 
When when is this happening? When is um, Volkanovsky versus Islam? Yeah, no, that's coming up soon. And then isn't uh, Rodriguez and Emmett? Aren't they fighting for? That's the co-main on the same an card. Intern, yeah. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, they're they're lining things up, right? We'll we're, we'll see how Alex does. And I mean, if he beats Islam, then you know the world opens up because one fifty five is a division full they're of not stars let him and talent. Belts either we, they don't let them. They don't let guys do that unless you're Amanda. Uh, you know, I mean, but the thing is, is like, how? What would you put more stock in, right? Him fighting if he does beat Islam, and I think it's a big but. I think one fifty five is more. It has yeah, to be. I, I think it's. It has. To I be. think there's more star power. Um, you know, I think, and and there's more. There's more fresh fights, right? Like he's kind of. He hasn't completely cleared out one fifty five. These two guys fighting for an interim belt, he has not beaten. So there's definitely some fresh matchups still at one forty five. I just don't think they're nearly as exciting as him fighting. You know, the echelon of one fifty fivers like he's Charles five six Oliveira, too. Is he five H-E. six? He's like very short too. He's not a tall man. Like him and Islam are doing some stare downs this week, guys. I'm not sure if you saw any of the pictures. And I'm like, I don't think Islam is a giant 155er, but he was like a head taller than this dude. Yeah. And like, that doesn't matter. Dude was playing rugby with, you know, 265 dudes slamming into him. I don't think, you know, the, dude, the, let me tell you, I, I am right now, I have like gotten myself pretty close to convincing myself he's going to like to pick him to win this fight. Like, like I was like, I'm, I, I like him a lot. He beat Max Holloway three times. Islam, uh, Khabib's not going to coach Islam even this fight anymore. Khabib's done, done, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know how much credit we give Khabib for all these things, but it's the whole coaching tree, I guess, they have going on over there. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it when we get closer. That's going to be fun. I think stylistically, it's a tough match. It's very difficult. We'll see yeah. if we know. Um, some other, see what other, other fight announcement we had. We, I'm not sure we talked about it, but we do have... Um, we finally have Edwards and Usman lined up. I think we did talk about how like they got to sell fucking tickets. Well, it's official. We yeah. didn't know Usman. It was very rockety if he was going to be okay to clear and what the hell they're doing with that card. But it's official now, so that's good. Uh, that card needed that for sure. Laura Sanko is going to make her UFC color commentary debut. Has a woman ever called a actual non like contender series thing? Have we ever gotten that before? Nope. No, she this is the first is, one. This is a first. Laura Sanko is awesome. I'm not sure if you guys have heard her at all commentate before. I think she did some Invicta also. Um, I think she's great. I think I think she's gonna do wonderful here. Um, and I think uh, the commentary team on these lesser cards does a good job too. In general, UFC in general has got a good commentary situation going. I think overall, as long as they don't um mess it up. Oh, Jorge Masvidal has left first round management and is managing himself. That is always of course awesome. that's always a good, good idea. idea. By the way, um, shout Mike. Sorry to cut you off. Shout out to Malky and the boys over there being like, yeah, we can't help John Jones anymore. He can leave. And now, Jorge Masvidal, you can leave. Malky's going babyface on me, Mike. Malky's going. It's not, you, I mean, he's he was never Ali to me. He wasn't like that kind of. He was just a standard agent scumbag. Ali's a. Ali's a lot of things. I don't want to get into it, but like, yeah. Anyway, I cut you off. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say in regards to Lawrence uh, Lawrence Sanko. Good, good for her. But I'm actually amazed it took this long. Um, because you know you've had a lot of former. UFC fighters, you know, commentating for the UFC over especially the last, what, five to six years. Mm-hmm. Um, amazed that, you know, for example, like Angela Hill never got a got a shot at it. Like um, Lauren Sanko is great as well, but I would have assumed they would have had a, a former fighter um, be, be the person to get that spot. She is a fighter, actually. She did Say fight. She is, she's got fights. Oh, shit. Yeah, not All like right. a lot, but I think she got fought in Victor, right? I don't think she was ever in the UFC. I think she was in Victor. 
Yeah, okay. but she'll still form a fighter then. All yeah, right, I mean, I stand corrected. I mean, she's yeah. more. I mean, she's got. She's, she's done a lot of work though, and I think, like, like you said, I think she had done like the Dana White. Yeah. Didn't she do commentary for that stuff? So it's like she, she has a little bit of experience. But I also agree with you, Mike. I think. I mean, one. I think it's good to get fresh blood in. I think all the the new additions to the booth have been better. Like I think it's only enhanced um, the commentary, and I think it's long overdue that we get a female perspective in there. You know, I think that just adds flavor to it all. Um, so I think she'll do a good job. But yeah, I would love to see Angela Hill in there. I mean, sh- she's such an interesting character in her herself. I mean, that's the thing. Is like as much as we kind of poo poo because we get lots of a holes in this. You know, in this sport where it's just like god we hate these personalities there are a lot of interesting she does the booth not the booth she does the Mm -hmm. the desk angela does the desk sometimes she does a good job Mm -hmm. i think a lot of these guys are really good at the desk and not necessarily commentary is tough mike go ahead by the way just an update on laura senko she was a professional fighter she fought it back in 2013 she has one fight one pro fight. Victor FC four. She won by second round submission. Yeah, one pro fight. If she got like a handful of a uh, four and one as a thing as an amateur, she's forty so years I, old. I, so Mia Copa, I stand corrected. Well, I mean, it's uh, good for her. Honestly, I like Laura Sanko a lot. I think she's great at her job. Um, uh, what's her name? Said a lot of scumbag shit about her a couple months ago. Megan Anderson. Uh, which I thought was really, really uncalled for. Yeah, she accused her of some really not great stuff in her personal life, and between her and, and insinuated some stuff about Laura Sanko and James Krause and blah blah blah. It was mostly she was trying to take shots at James Krause, and she got Laura got hit with friendly fire. Um, and uh, I don't know what happened, but we all thought last week Irene Aldana was fighting Amanda Nunes for one thirty five, and now it sounds like Irene Aldana is going to face Raquel Pennington in San Antonio. So uh, UFC yeah. leaking that first part probably helped lower the price on whoever they're actually going to get to agree to fight Amanda, huh? Is it Juliana? Hopefully not. Mm. Um, and uh, sounds like Francis Ngannou is saying him and Tyson Fury are talking about a summer fight. He's saying that uh, Tyson Fury wants to fight Alexander Usyk in April um, mm. for all the belts, and then he would like to fight Francis in the summer. Of course, this is boxing. None of this shit's probably going to happen, but... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and I guess one thing we didn't talk about pre-show. I guess Mike Perry is back up for uh, Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. Why, Tommy is he, Fury? why isn't he the first choice? I would ra- much rather watch I don't that. Know. I, I I don't disagree, but you know they've been Tommy. Trying to push- Tommy Fury is much more popular than Mike Perry in England. I mean, it, I, is and he? I would. Or is Tyson yes. Fury popular? And Tommy Fury is... I hate the whole Fury family. Tommy, Tommy Fury was on a very popular reality right. show, uh, Love Island, in, oh. in the UK. Okay. And and also, he's a certified dime piece. Have you seen Tommy Fury? <laughs> sure. He's got a chiseled jaw. What, what I will say is, like, they put this fight on multiple times, and it has not come to fruition. So, like, Mike Perry better be doing those rounds because, like, I think there's a pretty decent chance, you know, in the zero hour he can't get visa. There's some kind of issue. Yeah, what, what did they offer? What did they ask? What did they offer Nate for Nate to be like? Well, what did Nate ask for money wise that they're like, we're going to go back to this fight that no one really cares that much about? What number did Nate ask for? You guys think half yeah, the so money? Yeah, at least for at least half the money. Mil. I think half the money. Nate's like, I would like half the money. <laughs> um, and uh, we got uh, Cody Garbrandt. Um, 
his opponent, Julio Darce, is out of their fight. That's scheduled for March 4th. I'm just bringing it up to say that I think Cody Garbrandt should fight Davis and Figueroa at some point. I feels like a good dip your toe in sure. to the weight class fight. Especially since Cody was like, Cody's not big. Like Cody said that like him and Mighty Mouse had the same walk around weight. So I think that's a good choice. Um, I think they announced some other news too, but I, whatever. Um, that should be it for now. We'll see if anybody comes up with anything. Um, Anyway, uh, do we do uh, let's add let's induct another fight? I think right because we promised this, Mark. Like we promised a fight. We were going to talk. You want to do that we... before we do the predictions? Yeah, we'll do that first. Okay. We'll, we'll get to the predictions because the predictions are whatever. Um, Bob Sapp, big nog. We teased it last week. We talked that we're going to do this for weeks. Why don't you tell the people about one of the greatest, greatest fights in MMA history for just reasons. It's hard to compare to others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of it does have to do with context because I think looking back at it now, you know, you pull up Bob Sapp's record and you're like, "What?" <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't even know if he has a positive record at this moment. But it's kind of like, oh, why was this ever a big thing? But you have to, you know, have context around it. Where this was early on in Bob Sapp's combat career, where he basically was destroying everybody he fought. Now, a lot of it was like. Him cheating. He had a lot of DQs in K1 because he would just hit dudes when they hit the ground. Like he, him, his nickname being the beast was very accurate because especially in K1, like it seemed like he didn't know the rule set. Like you can't just knock a dude down and then start punching him on the ground. He got, I think he got DQ'd a couple times, but you know, he, he started imposing this question in heavyweight that we've seen a couple raise a couple times, especially with Brock Lesnar. Like how much does size factor in? to a fight right like how how much skill and size does that gap kind of circumvent when you're so big and so strong and so athletic and you know here's this guy who was a former nfl uh player who's you know extremely big extremely explosive and you know his skill set wasn't really there but you know he was able just to manhandle everybody so you know come shockwave bobby i don't know if you have it in front of you was it oh three or oh two it was 02. 02. It was 02. 91,000 so people, by the way. Yeah. Yeesh. I mean, so, I mean, and to give some context there, and we talked about it, you know, right around New Year's, um, you know, we have the ball drops. Uh, and then, you know, back then in the early 2000s, I think Japan's biggest thing, and Mike, maybe you know about this. You probably have more, you know, um, knowledge on this. Like, the, I think the biggest New Year's event they have is like a big singing competition where they have like a bunch of, you know, J-pop stars and old musicians kind of do like a reality voting song show. And that's like the big, the biggest yep. draw on TV. But back in these days, they also had these huge super card fights where they got, it wasn't only just, um, you know, it wasn't just like a pride event. It was a pro wrestling with uh, pride fighters and, you know, um, uh, famous comedians uh, it was this big crossover event where you had all these celebrities fighting and these people from K1 fighting uh, Pride Fighters. And this was the main event of O2. At the time, Noguera was the champion. I believe he he held the belt. And, you know, you had this guy in Bob Sapp who was just, you know, beast incarnate, just like this huge guy just mauling people. So how is that fight going to end up? You know, could Big Nog win the fight? Can anyone stop this guy from, you know, his rampage? And, you know, early on in the fight, Bob was able to expose that kind of 
gap in talent, but with just insane strength. Because, you know, extremely early in the fight, you know, Noguera tried to take him down. He shot a double leg. Uh, yeah, Paul, Paul uh, Sapp was able to sprawl um, and basically just lifted him from the abdomen straight up and basically did like a dropping, like, almost like a reverse tombstone pile driver on Noguera. I think it later came out that Noguera said that it basically knocked him unconscious. And then Bob Sapp tried to do it a second time. And I think in the second lift, he kind of got his wits back together and was able to kind of come back too. Um, and the rest of the fight was a very entertaining uh, dog fight. Like it was, I mean, no, Gary did not have an easy time. Bob Sapp was explosive and he was able to get himself out of bad situations just by, I mean, he, he did have some skill. He obviously trained, but he just had enough, you know, just girth and strength and just natural athleticism that like sometimes on the bottom and like side mount, he would just push Noguera and just stand himself back up. Obviously, you know, the stamina was a big factor. Noguera weathered the storms. I think Bob Sapp got on top of him a few times and really, you know, laid down some heavy leather. I think he tried doing a Sakuraba jump stomp, but just didn't really have the, the height to get on. It was just, it was kind of just a crazy wild fight. Also during the fight, the fucking lights went out like shortly as, as the fight started, the lights went out. They had like auxiliary auxiliary lights going on. Um, interesting booth with Bill Goldberg uh, and then Quadros and Bas Rutten as your kind of standard uh, pride guys. Um, and and it, it went to the second round, you know, into Bob's Bob Sack's credit. Like he was able to, to last in there a good amount, but I think eventually the fatigue started wearing on him and, you know, Noguera was able to finish him with a nice arm bar from the top. And it was a huge win for him. You know, it was kind of this big, you know, David versus Goliath kind of fight, which was very popular during those times. I mean, we're still talking the heyday of mixed martial arts where like literally, I think it was UFC eight was David versus Goliath, where he's like, let's get the biggest motherfuckers out there and have them fight the smaller guys. And let's see what really happens there. Um, it was a great fight. You know, it was, and I think it really put Nog over for a lot of people. It was really one of those fights where it's like, this guy is really good. He could overcome this guy who is seemingly unstoppable. Now you have to mention, as Bob Sapp's career went on, I think he sustained some injuries that really kind of declawed him a little bit. In these early days, I think he was just so revved up. He was like, I can run over fucking anybody. And I don't care like if I can't throw a punch worth shit i mean sometimes you look at bob sap throwing punches and it's like what the hell did this guy even hit mitts ever because he's just <laughs> winging it like he's in a sorority fight but <laughs> at that point he had not been tagged i think honestly i think uh, his career had a huge change when he fought mirko krokop and krokop busted his orbital and i think at that point he was like oh i am not invincible these dudes can really crack and seriously hurt me and at that point it did seem like he would get more defensive. And, you know, you see some of these later fights where like Bob Sapp takes a hit and he kind of just like bends over and covers up and he's just praying for God, nothing fucking hurts him. But that wasn't the guy that fought big Nog. The guy that fought big Nog was like the unbeatable. I can run over it. Yeah, he was. I mean, a lot of people got an impression of Bob Sapp because of the um, way he was giving up. It felt like, I mean, Ariel, Mm -hmm. if you want a real uncomfortable interview is Ariel Helwani interviewing Bob Sapp about like, what are you doing? Like you're ruining all mm-hmm. your reputation on every level. Like, what are you? How much are you getting paid to do these and stuff? But Bob Sapp in 2002 was on the best, the best Mexican supplements, Mike. Just the best ones, the creme de la creme. Dude was 
he was huge. He was a goddamn. He was a goddamn. He was like those like those cows you see that are just jacked, you know. In those like, videos, like what are those? Like four hundred pounds with abs. He was huge, and, <laughs> and, and not even that. Like he was also just like a megastar in Japan. Oh yeah. Like it, it's hard again to imagine. Just like this guy had an album, Sap Time, where he like blatantly just I ripped off Michael you, Jackson. Did I buy that for you, or did we just make jokes about it? Ever? No, I, I, I it was on Amazon for a while. I was like, we should buy this. I think we, I think Besides, me and Stefan came up with it in like March. We're like, we should buy this for Mark's birthday. Was at some it point. was and it we, a full album, or was it just like he had a song called Bob Sap Time, which was great, and what a music video, and go check that. I'll try out. to but find like, it, but like it's he uh, was a huge yeah at this time he was a massive celebrity too. So it wasn't, and this is kind of the thing I was talking about. Like I I can't really imagine like who to equate him to two songs in the states. It says yeah, there's, two th- there's sap time, and then the okay, second one is classic. Go fight, which I think is just the symphony playing like a walkout okay. music for him. Okay, well he he also comes out to the um, what's that uh Odyssey song? You oh, know, the Ric Flair one. Flair, which I and to that point, like dude, and oh man, I mean one of the things I miss so much is like. I mean, some of the entrances in the UFC are fun. Izzy does some fun stuff. He dances around, but like nothing beats that era. Yeah. And Bob Sapp. Izzy does best. an Undertaker entrance, and then everybody Wait just bitches second. about how like fucking like, oh, then you fought boring, and it's like it's not the same. Why be complaining that he tried to be entertaining? Man did an yeah. Undertaker entrance with I'm, Vince McMahon in the front row. Like we complain yeah, about that, that. That that was fun, but like. Bob Sapp had like it was in. I mean, in also Izzy credit, he did a full dance one time, and I think. That was maybe a little too much, but like Bob has a whole thing with the music and it's, it's impressive and it's also comedic, right? And if you haven't seen it, he comes out to the Odyssey music and as it's doing like, da, 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 he has this big white cape and he shrinks himself down each time it goes a da, da, and to the point where he's basically like in this little squat, he's a little white ball. And then when the last crescendo, he, he explodes up, the uh, robe comes off. I mean, what a fun entrance and, you know, what an iconic, uh, you know, fighter for the time. And this was, you know, I, I think if you go back and, and want to watch any Bob Sapp fight, this is probably the one. I think it's the one where he got pushed the most. He had to, you know, dig. He dug the deepest because a lot of his other fights are either he just murders the person or he gets murdered, right? Like, there's not a lot of this, like, back and forth where he's really getting pushed and and really kind of, like, making a fight of it. This was really the time where he had to dig deep, and he dig, dig, he, he dug as deep as he could to to make a fight with Nog, and he really tried to beat him, and it just, the skill level eventually got to him, and, and the stamina, but, like, man, what, what, a, what a guy he was at the time, you know, what a figure he was that, you know, is now, you know, a former, a shadow of his former self, but, um, you know, at the time couldn't be understated. And uh, since we're talking about pride, let's Mike, let's talk about um, and make our first prediction here. Um, the Bellator card this week. We are saying goodbye to, for many people, the greatest heavyweight that ever was, um, Fedor Emelianenko. Realizing, Mike, you pretty much became an MMA fan just as things started coming off the rails there. Um, I believe the first Fedor fight I saw was him losing to Bigfoot Silva. Okay, there we go. That was his second straight loss, too, after he fought, um, he lost to Verdum, a fight that we talked about on this show back in November. On the 22nd, I introduced, I inducted that fight because Mark and Stefan and myself were in the building for Fedor's first loss in, I think, 10 years. When did he lose to Kosaka? Like 10 years before that or something like that, Mark? Some shit like that? 
ballpark. Uh, yeah, that was in 2000. Yeah. So it was basically 10 years, though. I think it was uh, maybe nine. But so Fedor is retiring this weekend, a fight that, quite frankly, we thought Fedor should have retired, if we're being honest with ourselves. After he lost when he when he won against Fabio Maldonado, honestly, I thought when he got knocked out by Dan Henderson after he lost, he lost to Antonio Silva. We all were done here. Yeah, it's like a Shogun situation where we got to just wring every dime we can out of this dude. And, you know, to to be fair, like it's kind of forgotten because it wasn't in a big major organization. But like after the Henderson fight, he fought in M1 and Ryzen and against, you know, lesser guys. But, you know, he made, you know, he beat Jeff Monson uh satoshi ishii I mean, these aren't Pedro real fights Hizo. a lot of these aren't real fights no. i mean, well, I mean well, finished. how old is pedro in this one bro no i mean they're yeah i mean look, i don't I'm mean they're i don't mean non-legitimate i just meant like guy. this is not oh, okay, like because he, he finished these no, fights so fabio was a, was a fugazi fight it was yeah. yeah but i would also say a good fight like i loved that fight that was a fun fight like, they had that, that great commentator was just a fight the commentator was hilarious about it. he was being way too honest i felt i don't, I don't remember yeah i don't remember exactly Fedor's getting real beat up, up here he's definitely losing this decision stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> um but in fairness i mean he's won four of five so um he wants to beat ryan bader he wants to uh a brian bader who beat him without taking a punch Ryan Bader won that whole tournament in Bellator without taking a punch. Mm-hmm. Right, it was real peak Ryan Bader. They're going to do it again, brother, this Saturday uh, in Inglewood. Inglewood. Come on, Mike. Finish the line. Up, up to no good. There it is. Um, going to do it at the Forum or whatever they're calling that. Pl- I think they're still calling it the Forum. Um, the Kia Forum. Okay. Um, Betting lines for this one is quite frankly closer than I think it has any right to be given again. Ryan Bader beat them without hitting, without taking a punch last time. I know Ryan hasn't looked amazing in some of these more recent fights. I think he's getting older himself, man. We, we Ryan Bader won Ultimate Fighter season nine, I think. He's 39 mm-hmm. years old. Damn. He's lost that. He lost that title, the light heavyweight. He lost the light heavyweight title, then he lost to Corey Anderson. Not an easy person to beat, though, in fairness. Corey. Top five light heavyweight these days. But Ryan's coming in at minus 265 on something called Bet Rivers. You can get him as low as minus 235. Fedor plus 185 to plus 200. I don't know. I don't understand that line, if I'm being honest, considering Ryan opened at minus 400. Um, I got Ryan Bader winning this. I don't think it's going to be all that close. Um, Just hope it's not as sad as the Shogun one, which was mighty sad. Maybe Ryan cannot dance in Fedor's face and point to him when it's over. Um, Mark, who do you got? Um, and Fedor said this is officially his like this is it. fight, right? Yeah. It's because it is for the heavyweight world championship. Why would you let him do that? Oh Good God, question, that is too. Amazing. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I, I definitely have Ryan winning this as well. I mean, I, I do think like you can look at his some of his past performances. He does have a couple losses. Right, but these are these are at two oh five um against really high level guys. And I think, you know, Fedor has shown and you look at his fights after the Henderson fight, because I'm with you, Bobby. Like after the Henderson fight, where you know, two oh five, one eighty five Henderson cracked Fedor unconscious. I was like, Oh, this guy has no chin left. Um, he's bounced back. I you know, I'm kind of impressed. And and again, Bobby, to your point, like these aren't top tier guys. Um but like I'll, I'll say this, you know, if you're gonna make a bet, this is a this is a one round bet. 
Yeah. That's the bet I take. One this round. fight, this fight's going to under <laughs> one round. I, I'm thinking it might be right. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I mean, after, since he lost to Henderson, he's had two fights go to the third, go to the decision. It was the the uh, Jeff Monson fight mm. and the Fabiano fight. Everything else is in the first round, usually within like the first couple minutes. Um, he's in there to get it done, you know. And and I think to that point. Uh, you know, I think Bader has taken some some tough shots. You know, obviously, I think his last two losses were both TKOs. Um, but like, I don't think the chin's there with Fader anymore at, at 46. Um, and with a Ryan Bader that's going to be nice and healthy and is going to have, you know, not having to cut to 205 is going to mean that he's going to have more fluid in the old noggin. So if he does get cracked, you would think he has a decent chance to survive. Um, but Fader cracks with the best of them. You know, we've seen that in these fights. He can still, you know, put hands on you and finish the fight. So I think it's it's still intriguing. But yeah, at, at 46, after the career he, he's had, it's hard to imagine that he's going to be able to recapture this fight with Ryan. I think Ryan is just a little too slick. And again, like, I, I do think it'll be interesting if Ryan in the standup gets caught or something and goes to wrestling and tries to take the fight down that way. Because, you know, one of the things that Fedor was really good at, I mean, what really made his career is that like, he just found a way to win. Right. And a lot of guys would try to take him down and he's insanely offensive off his back. His uh, arm bar from guard is immaculate. Kimura's all this stuff. So like, it's still an intriguing fight. I'm still kind of intrigued with Fedor, but it is time to hang it up. This is a big call for him. You know, I think Ryan Bader is a huge challenge for him. Um, and I don't think he's going to be able to overcome it. But, like, I'm still going to be interested to see how this all, you know, works itself out. I got a recommendation for everybody here. Um, you guys should check out Morning Combat. Did a, um, what did they call it? Phytography or something like that? Um, they basically went through a whole bunch of Fedor's fights and broke them down and talked about his evolution as a fighter. I fucking loved it. It made me want to go watch Fedor fights. So, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's worth your time. Mike, you got a, you got anything that isn't saying that Fedor is going to get iced here? No, we're sweeping this one. All righty. Um, resume review is what they call it. Resume review. They didn't they didn't do my they didn't do Fedor versus Heath Herring, but it's yeah, amazing. That recommends that wanted. fight. Yeah, yeah, that that was the one that like really put him on the radar for me. But I I, I do want to check that out. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, also on this card, by the way, and, uh, we're not picking it because not everybody's in on the bait or on the Bellator fund these days. Um, I think, uh, Johnny Eblen and Anatoly Tokov is going to be, is going to be a good time. Um, Johnny Eblen lay and prayed, uh, Gegard Musasi for five rounds there. He's 12 and 0 though. He's 12 and 0. He's 31 years old fighting out of American top team. I'm a Bellator middleweight champion. Anatoly Tokov is middleweight is is is, is Fedor's middleweight. It's Fedor is Nemkov, it's 185 Nemkov just in terms of the, his position on that team. He's 31 and 2. He's got 24 finishes in those 31 fights. Nobody in Bellator gotten close to beating him. Well, okay, he got a split in there too, but that was in Russia. What do you Trudeau count that one? I think he's very much a live dog. He's a slight underdog. I don't think people are giving him the credit he deserves. He has lost one fight since 2012. So, just putting that out there. And um, I forgot what else is on this card. Saba, I like Saba Hamasi and Brennan Ward. They always put on good fights. So, 
And then, oh, man, Lorenz, Lorenz Larkin really left the UFC to go be fighting on fucking YouTube uh, against random dudes. And Pluto TV, Bobby. They're oh, I Pluto love Pluto TV, too. I fucking, Don't love, I fucking love Pluto TVs. You got a smart TV. You go out there and get Pluto TV right now. And you're going to think I told you to get something illegal. I did not. CBS well, owns it. Like, like, hey, do, do you want to have the experience of watching cable, but instead of having channels, it just shows one shows with commercials? That's Pluto TV. Yeah. Do you want American Gladiators for 24 hours? That's Pluto TV. There's a, there's a cops channel. You can watch cops all day. Now that Paramount doesn't do it all the time. All day. There, networking. There's a channel on Pluto TV that's just Japanese Power Rangers. And the channels change. Like sometimes it's Amazing. like the channels. I remember there used to be like the Anthony Bourdain channel. And I was all about that because I had nothing to do. I'd be like, where's Bourdain right now? All right. We're in Scotland. Let's see what you're up to, buddy. Like it was great. But I guess to say don't get married to any of the channels. Yeah, my God. At a whim's notice, it might. Yeah, you might get replaced. Yeah. But except that Impact Wrestling channel doesn't go anywhere. Don't understand why. The Impact Wrestling channel is locked into Pluto TV. Sure. Uh, and, and, and to, to the point of the podcast, they do have. I think like two or three like fight channels. Oh, there's a bunch. Yeah, like they got K one channel, and Glory channel. Obviously, Bellator is on there. Yes, yeah. like there's. I, I we poo poo. I mean, I think Bobby was being more. I was poo pooing a little bit because it's kind of silly. I straight up like love Pluto TV. on YouTube <laughs> and Pluto TV, but like Pluto TV is kind of legit. So yeah. there you go. Um. All right, we're all and uh, this is Bellator in the Kia Forum. This is their first because they're. They have another card at the end of February. Uh, but this card, I believe, was Nemkov was the original main event. It was the original co-main event. I believe it was Nemkov versus... Um, what's homeboy's name? Yoel. Yoel Romero was going to happen. But uh, Nemkov got hurt or something happened. and Yada, yada, yada. All right. Um, and go watch some Fedor fights, man. Pretty much every fight Fedor had in Pride. Not every. There was some bullshit. But like... Get him and Big Nog one. Him and Big Nog two. How long did that go before the cut happened? Not very long. I th I thought it was one where they had the one cut was the cut. Okay, was, my bad. I thought so. You know, I think it was like part of a tournament or something. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing with Pride too. Yeah, I love him, but like, also like he's smashing a lot of tomato cans yeah. there too. And you know what? I love a good smash. Like, I think he fought like Dan Bulbish and just soccer you. You, you make sure you watch him. him and I'm, I'm looking right now when the which Big Nog fight it was. Um, it was the second one is when he got cut. Oh, so okay. Okay. first one, first one and the third one are both good. The crow cop fight is fucking good. Mm -hmm. You can watch him and Randleman real quick. You can watch him and, uh, our dude, our dude Fujita. That's another good one. Oh, that's a good one. That's a real that's good, a good one. one. But he was on roller skates. Yeah. Um, if you want to get depressed, watch him in Goodridge because I don't know if it was Dan Bulbish or him in Goodridge. I think he soccer kicked the fuck out of Goodridge too. Is, like, he so he, he soccer kicked Goodridge. Yeah. I'm reading TKO I mean, look, soccer kick. Just, yeah, if you just want some some violence, I mean that's just a good beatdown. And um, if you want to watch Mark Coleman make everybody uncomfortable, you can watch Mark Coleman bring his children into the cage after Fedor beats his ass. <laughs> I think that was the second one, right? I think that was the second one. Could beat him. That was like in Vegas. So he can bring his kids or something. Yeah, because the like first that, one right? he beat him in two minutes. Second one it took it, I think a few it, more minutes. And, and a the, good fight still, but yeah. Yeah, second one it was in uh Vegas at anyway. Watch some Fedor, guys. Honestly. Or don't give the UFC any money and find other ways to watch it too. But fight. Oh, back. it's all on YouTube, baby. It's all yeah. on YouTube. Uh Mike, 
Derek Lewis, Sergey Spivak are going to main event this card that you're going to be sleeping definitely through. And unless oh, yeah. unless you read the word knockout the next morning, you're probably not going to watch this fight. That is unless I tell you Sergey put some sort of weird technical wizardry for 25 minutes, even then you're like, I'm going to watch at two two x speed. Um, betting odds here, pretty much the same, man. Uh, this Fedor fight, uh, Sergey Spivak is a minus two thirty favorite to Derek Lewis, hanging around around plus two hundred. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. This is me rounding a bunch a bunch of different sports books, to be honest. Um, but uh, Derek Lewis. My two cents is probably going to give away what I'm picking here. I think we're kind of, I think, I mean, you can't say that at 39 years old because there's still plenty of older heavyweight, 37 years old, older heavyweights. But we might be, I'm not sure we can watch Derek Lewis fight top five guys much longer or top seven guys. You know what I mean? I think we're getting there. Um, he's lost three of four. The win in there was the Chris Daukas fight, which I'm not going to point out again what that fight was about. Um Sergey, on the other hand, has been on a roll, guys. Sergey's one of five of six. The only loss in there was to Tommy Aspinall. We all know how good Tommy Aspinall is. Um, I'm just giving it away that I'm picking Sergey right now. I got Sergey Spivak. Mike's Mike's favorite gambler, the Inferno, is a big Sergey Spivak fan. Um, we're actually hanging out with. He's actually going to visit us on Friday, on Thursday, Mike. Actually, um, oh, but, nice. Yeah, who's your pick here, Mike? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be Sergey Spivak. Uh- Derek Lewis's time as a top five contender has set. Mark, swinging and banging, Black Beast in this hoe. Is he going to win? <laughs> I mean, part of me does want to take him, but I, I do generally agree with you guys. I mean, and I've been kind of a Lewis hater. I've always kind of felt like he didn't have, you know, the strongest skill set. Like, dude hit hard. And I always gave him credit for his ability on the ground. He's always kind of surprised me with his defensive ability to, to get back up off the ground and he has a ton of heart. Um, and I, I always counted him out. I never, it, it, it was unimaginable to me when he fought Cormier for the belt. I was just like, you know, he, he earned it, but it was just like, I'd never thought he'd get to that position. Cause he never struck me as a guy that was a, a skillful combatant, you know, like he, he was good. He has a ton of power. Um, and part of me does want to pick him just cause like, it's tough because I do still think, I mean, the one thing that always goes last is, is fighters power, but what also tends to go is like their chin, right? And if he's getting in these firefights, which he has been in his last couple of fights, he's not able to survive them. Now, Spivak, I'm trying to remember like a lot of his fights and like he does get it done by KO quite often. Even he's, more he's often not, by it's submission. Not, it's not a lot of one hit a quitter, hit or quitters with Sergey. He's just, right. he's going to put a lot on you, a lot of strikes on you. Yeah. So I, I'll play it safe. And, you know, part of me wants to pick Derek and try to, you know, early on in this year, get a get one up on you guys or something. But I, I think it's it's a risky pick. So I'll go Spivak. You, you hang on to that, Mark, for for making him getting one up on us when I go pick the five foot five Australian to knock out the the you know the Dagestani guy in a couple weeks. Okay, yeah, no, I'll um, be easy points. Mike, if I'm not mistaken, I think we all are three and two because we just picked the one card, right? Have we picked anything else? And I think that it, is correct. Um, me, you, and Mark are all three and two, while Chalk is four and one. Which was the underdog that won? I don't know. I just uh, I did I the ta- I did the, I did Moreno the was the underdog. And I think so. When yeah, I, I looked was. at it earlier, yeah. Okay. What was the main event of that card? Oh yeah, Glover, uh, Glover was definitely Glover was the underdog. Glover right there. Yeah, Glover yeah. was the underdog, and then the other one was the other close fight was Paul Craig was not the favorite. <sighs> fucking Paul Craig. No, I, sh- I should be I should be four and one. This is fucking stupid of me. 
I was I lost money on that shit too. Um, all right. Um, the rest of this card, as I mentioned, we're not picking anything here, but you guys know our feelings about, or at least my feelings about Duho Choi. Um, my, it's a, Xavier Woods' favorite UFC fighter. He's the prettiest fighter in the UFC. Too pretty to be fighting, according to Woods. Um, he's fighting Kyle Nelson and he's only a minus 200 favorite. Tybora and Blagoy is just going to be some large, large Eastern European men just clubbing each other for 15 minutes. Derek Lewis got 25 minutes to catch somebody, guys. And it like, I feel that's not the best way to look at it. If your best chance of victory is someone saying you're going to catch a a fucking miracle KO sometime in a, in a five-round fight, may not may explain why we shouldn't pick him, though. So, um, I think I think that's it for that. Uh, the UFC is going to be back the fa- a week later um, for this card in um, Australia, which I legitimately can't tell you when it's airing or what day it is necessarily because, well, I don't know if I'm looking at the right poster, if I'm being honest with you guys, um, where we're going to see if we're going to, you know, we're going to get an interim featherweight champion. We're going to see if we're going to get a new uh, lightweight champion. Um, anyway, um, let's do stuff we like, though. I think that's that's where we're at. Um, Mike and I, well, we're going to talk about the Rumble at the end, Mike, because I got some thoughts about especially how it ended. Yep. Yeah, let's say the Rumble for the end. I got nothing else besides the Rumble because I did not. I, tr- I started watching Hunters season two and I made it like 20 minutes in and then I started watching NFC and uh, football coverage, to be honest. So I guess my other thing I like is the 49ers. I love you. We had a great year. Shitty ending. We'll be back next year. Yeah. I, Bob, I 1000% thought they won. When you texted me like, oh, Super Bowl, my house. And I was like, oh. And I told him, he's like, oh, Niners must oh, have no. won because Bobby's fucking excited about the Super Bowl. No, no, it went like, as bad as possible. Like today, I was like, I think I was listening to a podcast like, oh, yeah, Eagles beat the Niners like steadily. And I was like, oh, fuck. I did our, not our, think our that Our quarterback <laughs> suffered a torn ligament in his arm five minutes into the game. Oh, I, I so that was pretty much when things wrapped up, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, we had a great year, man. So, and uh, – yeah, to a football season for a better year for my team and Mike's team next year. Though I think Mike's team is going to have some interesting shit going on in the next couple of weeks because I think you're getting Aaron, Mike. Let's see. We'll see. Let's see. I just say, I don't know if you hire, I don't know if that dude gets off his couch immediately after getting fired just to go work with Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? Like somebody's coming, it feels like, to work with Hackett. You know what I'm saying? It feels like. He could just hang out at home and make five million dollars doing nothing. So it'll it'll bring things full circle if we have another aging Packers QB star come play for the Jets in the twilight of his career. Then he goes to the Vikings after that. Is that the order, or does it go the other way? No, that that's the way. Okay, um, but that's all I had this week. Um, I think I would prefer the Eagles to win, but I don't care that much. Mike, what do you got this week besides? Um, Nothing I like this week, just something a little sad that I just read uh, about an hour ago. Um, Showtime, as we know it, will no longer be in the merger that happens between Paramount and Showtime. Uh, The labeling for Showtime will no longer be. Anything that's under the Showtime moniker will now be under Paramount Plus. Mm -hmm. Um, Why does everything have to be a plus? 
Um, with that said, a bunch of shows are getting canceled that were in uh, Showtime. I don't know if you guys have ever seen American Gigolo. Um, no. no. Let the right one in. And a series from Showtime, three women that just completed its first season in production, has already been dropped. Mike. But more importantly, Showtime was a staple of premium cable for, I think, the three of us growing up. When you wanted to watch a movie, it would be on either HBO or Showtime. So a little sad that that's going to be going away. Question from the audience here, Mike. Are they canceling this show? I'm not sure you might have heard of it. it starts with a B. And it ends with Elator. Are they canceling that show? Uh, <laughs> Considering this is an MMA podcast, I probably should have checked for that. But I just saw this an hour ago. Then I started podcasting. So uh, I we'll don't see. Know. That's what happens. I mean, I just don't want Discovery to fuck up, fuck up HBO Max. So I say that right now. I know it's an unrelated thing here. Paramount, by the way, Mike, I'm not sure if you, Mark and I were producing the Paramount website. Did you know there's like four show like, there's like three spin-offs to Yellowstone. Yes. Yo, that's there's Yellowstone 1888, I think. And like 1922 or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, there's, like, there's some shit happening here. There's some show they're also all, with um, all shows about the Dutton family. Yeah. Um, if you guys ever watch Yellowstone. You watch the show? Yeah, I am on season three. End of season three, right? It's now. good. It's I'm I'm on the end of season three. There, there you go. I don't know how long you've been watching. That's why I don't know. Uh, I started watching like two months ago and then, you know how I am with shows. Like, even if I like a show, I'll go watch something else. And then I started binging all of it again about two weeks ago. Right on. Um, might be worth checking out then. Um, okay. Uh, Mark, what do you got this week before we get into the wrestling? Yeah, not a lot of new stuff. I did fail to mention last week. Um, I mentioned Forspoken was coming out to, you know, mediocre reviews. Um, but the big heavy hitter was the remake for Dead Space uh, came out last Friday. And that has gotten, you know, glowing reviews. A lot of people, when it first came out, really enjoyed Dead Space. It was kind of, you know, it's one of these survival horror games. Kind of in the throes of a Resident Evil 4, but kind of done in space. Kind of um, has a lot of similarities to, I'm trying to remember what that movie's called. Crap, I can't remember which one it is about like chaos in space. God, it's good. I think it's Christine's favorite movie too, and I cannot think of the title of it. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's kind of one of these remakes that like everyone's kind of saying, like, this is how you should do a remake. It's insanely um, mirroring what the original was and then just doing quality of life things and making like logist logistical changes. Like in the first game, your main character didn't talk, they're kind of doing a silent protagonist. Um, and in this, uh, version he does talk he's he's an actual character that says things and interacts with people instead of just being a, a mute uh, for you to put your own personality in uh, so yeah everyone's been raving about it um, and it visually looks really stunning you know a, a nice interesting next gen title um, outside of that I mentioned it when it first started two weeks ago uh, some more news came out about it um, but I just want to give another shout out like this season of uh, Legend of Vox Machina the show based off Critical Role has been amazing. Um, you know, me and Christine rewatched the first season before going into the second one. Um, they just did a really good job, and I've really been enjoying the second season. And it came out earlier this week. Amazon, I mean, I think they already got greenlit for a third season. Now they got greenlit to start uh, another show based on the second campaign they did, which was the Mighty Nine. 
Um, and I think they're doing some like live action movie or something too. Like, I, I don't know exactly all the details, but like Amazon, like bought in hard with a critical role and is doing like more content with them, which I think is great. You know, the proofs in the pudding, these first two seasons have been awesome. I'm excited to see how they finish uh, out legend of Vox Machina and then go to mighty nine. And, you know, from there, I mean, who knows they could go to, they're currently in their third campaign you know, by the time all that stuff's done, maybe they do that. They're, they've had spinoffs of uh, Legend of Vox Machina where they did like there's a in, in that campaign. There was a lot of allusions to like this thing called the Calamity where it's like, you know, the universe kind of like died and they did a throwback little like mini campaign. I was like, well, they can make a series out of that. There's a lot of places they could go. And it just it's interesting to see where we've had these other streaming services really seem to cut back. I mean, mostly looking at like HBO Max. And even Netflix, where it's like, okay, you know, like subscriptions are dropping down. You know, we're going to be investing less in new content. Um, Amazon's kind of been the other way around, where it doesn't seem, at least to me, like they're making a ton of original stuff. But the stuff they are making, like they're putting in buku bucks. I mean, look at Lord of the Rings and, you know, what a huge budget that had. Um, and then some other animated shows I think have been doing really well. I think Invincible. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. They had a really fun trailer to kind of announce season I saw two. It. Yeah, that was I thought cool. that was great. It was, I mean, it's just kind of fun where they had, it was basically a scene with him. And I can't remember the character Seth Rogen plays. He plays like this alien protector. And they're just at a diner kind of talking. And then like, you know, Seth Rogen kind of breaks the fourth wall as the audience. He's like, yo, we need a release date. And he basically just say like sometime in late 2023. Alan, it, was, the alien. it was cool. Sure, Alan the Alien. That's sure. that's what is that character is. Um, but yeah, that was fun. So it wasn't like a trailer where it was like, oh, we're gonna show you a bunch of clips of you know season two and cut it together to make it seem exciting. It was just like, oh, these two guys are just kind of talking, and it's just like it didn't spoil anything that's gonna happen in season two, but it get, got me just as excited. And it's just like, yeah, I never go to Prime to really watch stuff. I usually only go there when they there's some kind of original content that you know, kind of makes a buzz and then, you know, check it out. And it's usually really good stuff. Did you see that? Um, Sorry, buddy. Did you, you talked about it? Did you see that prime, the boy, the boys on prime did higher viewership than any Marvel show on Disney plus. Oh no, that's I, wild, I man. <laughs> and, and the boys was one that I, I kind of dropped off on. I think season two, I, I, yeah, I dropped I, off. I'm, I'm going to try to pick up season three. I never, I watched the first episode. I'm going to try to get back into it. People yeah. And I didn't watch the cartoon they did, but like the, the boys was an interesting spin on what has really become somewhat formulaic. So it kind of surprising though. I mean, I've loved the Marvel TV shows. I've been all about them. I think they've been really good, but like the boys was, it was a new, interesting twist. I think really captivated people. And to, I think, I don't know what the viewerships are like, but I think there's a shit ton of people that have Amazon prime. Because of just all the benefits, you know, I think there's a lot of people that maybe don't even watch the streaming service at all because they just like the free shipping um, and all that stuff. Uh, lastly, you know, I've been talking about it on and off for the last couple months. Actually, I guess it's just been the last month since I got them. But my, uh, you know, addiction to Warhammer 40K continues. Um, I finally started to paint some of the minis. Uh, and that's been a really fun experience. I'm not very good. It's super kind of intimidating when you look at the box and you look online and just like how well some of these people paint these figures with all the details and the techniques. And I watched some video on like dry brushing and using washes and edge highlighting. And like, it, it's interesting. It's a little um, intimidating to be like, oh, like I, I want to make them look as good as I can. But my skill is not quite there yet, but it's been a fun process just getting better at it. Um, 
yeah, and it's just it, it's become in, in a kind of fun hobby for me. And I've painted minis before. You know, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder for a while now, and we always get minis and paint them. But like, it, it could very well be that these 40k figures just cost so much fucking money. I'm like, I, I need them to look good because these guys cost so much, and and they're in these cool poses that I like kind of created for them, and I want them to look good. So I'm trying to put an extra effort. And, you know, so far it's like, yeah, they, they look better with paint on them than they do just gray. So that's good. But um, it's, it's been a fun hobby. I'm kind of interested to see see at what point I'm kind of like enough's enough because, you know, I only have so much desk room to put a bunch of little toys on. So, yeah, that's what I got this week. You got us to go on Etsy. I'm sure somebody has turned a Warhammer figure into a keycap for a keyboard. You put on a key you don't use. Oh, oh yeah. No, I'm sure. I'm sure they have little icons. But at the same time, it's like. If you look into like 40k stuff, it's very easy to be like, is this just some Nazi shit? Because like everyone's evil and the Imperial of Man, their like symbol is like eagles and shit. It's like, this is just Nazi hey shit. Right? This is just hey future now. Nazi shit. Um, but I mean, and, you know, when, when you read into the lore, it's like, yeah, this is a universe where everyone's just fucking killing each other anyways. And, you know, it's not a place you'd want to idealize. It's just with big hulking space marines shooting people and being xenophobic and you know all that horrible stuff so you know yeah i don't know if i want a cap key where it's like a bunch of like uh bunch of third. eagles and oh yeah, yeah. Like i'm looking like, at the second one it immediately looks real third reichish <laughs> well, i've looked at because I, I have gone on etsy and looked at 40k stuff because there is some fucking cool ass stuff but it's like oh do you want this 40k wallet and it's like it looks like a Nazi wallet. You know, it's like, oh, do you want this this banner? It's like mm, the second you gotta start explaining why your shit is not about Nazis is where you've already yeah, lost the conversation. Exactly. Right? It's like, well, look, and it's in the forty thousandth year. Okay, it's in the fortieth millennium, and it's like, yeah, but they went back to Nazi stuff, so Bruh, it's kind of a hard. I, I bought Mike so much shit for about the New York Jets on Etsy. All my recommendation is like New York Jets stuff now. Yeah, they know what you like. They know uh, what you clearly, want. Um, Mike. Our favorite wrestling event of the year, with very little to do with the actual wrestling, I think, is why our favorite event of the year happened, the Royal Rumble. Um, we got real creative this year with our video chat. You know, got multiple people betting on the Rumbles. My girlfriend vanquished all of us, um, where she had number 30 in the first one, which was Cody Rhodes. And then she had number one in the women's one, which was Rhea Ripley, which were the two that were the betting favorites. So um, that happened. Um, I guess we can talk about the show, but really, I think we just need to talk about one thing, right? Like Sami Zayn and this storyline, right? Like uh, this isn't going to be where we summarize the storyline for people, but like, so like, let's just assume people know what's going on, Mike. What did you think? of that moment uh i thought they did it very well um we've been wondering for a while that you know when when sammy was gonna turn on uh on the bloodline we knew it was gonna happen um one because it's wrestling factions always break apart and you know there's always a point when you know divisions happen but it was a matter of when is it going to happen before WrestleMania and how it's going to be executed? And to no one's surprise, it, it was done very well because of the people who are involved. Um, maybe I'm going a bit too far here. 
But I feel Sami Zayn should consider a moonlighting career in Hollywood because he seems to know how to really act and emote. And that's one of the main things I've gotten from the last few months of his work with the Bloodline, that when he looks scared, it it's not like, you know, it, it's not like normal wrestling, like almost vaudeville levels of emotion that he's showing when he's scared, where it's very over the top. You almost feel as if he he truly is like hurt. Or, you know, worry that he was upsetting, you know, Roman Reigns, a.k.a. the tribal chief. And last Friday, when they had that trial, you know, you could almost feel true emotion coming from him. And the same was the same could be said for during the Royal Rumble, when you could see, you know, the, the almost like inner conflict and tension within him, you know, seeing what they were doing to to Kevin Owens after they, you know, handcuffed him to the ropes and just started beating the shit out of him. Um, Bro, that like... Every, everyone in the bloodline is has been great in their particular roles, but, and I, I'm not saying anything revolutionary here, but... Sami Zayn has been, I think, truly the linchpin that has turned the whole bloodline um, storyline over the last, what, year and a half? Almost, what, two years at this point? He's had the belt for two years, so that long is how long this thing started ago. Two years ago. Has has turned it from, like, a good a good faction, really good faction, to one of, you know, one of the best storylines that the WWE has ever had. Bro, like it's. I'm gonna say. Actually, I already said it, dude. I think I don't think I disagree. So, like, I I told you this um, when we were going through the thing with Hangman in AEW, where they spent two years building the Hangman winning the title. Where I said, like, like to pull off long term storytelling in wrestling is so hard now, especially with everybody's attention span and everybody gives you shit for everything you're gonna try and like. You know, everybody's got instant feedback on everything. And the fact that, like, you got companies going for it, like, as I mentioned with the Hangman story, as what got going on here with um, the Sami Zayn story. And, like, the way it came to be is so interesting because I'm not sure if you watched it yet. I sent it to you. Ariel interviewed Sami, uh, like, a long half an hour interview. And it's very much worth your time because Sami talks about, how, like, why he even did it. Whereas, like, he says he saw Ariel interview Roman. And Roman said he'd like to work with Sammy. And then Sammy approached it to Roman. And they weren't on screen together at any point until it was one of the WWE shows in Canada. And neither of the Usos could get into Canada because... Of their previous issues. They got like five DUIs between the two of them. That's the one. So like, yeah. And then like, so like they kind of put Sammy on screen with Roman and it started kind of working. And like, dude, when he did the... um the segment a couple months ago where they were going to kick him out of the group and, but then turned it around to give him his own shirt that he was the honorary ooze. Oh, dude, that's so great. I got like emotional. Like I like, dude, when we were watching on Saturday, like I told you we're on video chat and I told you this before the show, I, I can see you guys. Like I have the screen up. I see you guys on one screen and the TV and the other. None of you are saying anything barely at all. And me and Rocio aren't saying anything either, either on our end, like just watching this story play out. Like, if they land this bird, man, if they land this plane and they give us an ending, and I don't know what the ending is necessarily. I think the obvious ending, and I love Cody Rhodes. I truly think he was a worthy challenger and he could take that title off Roman. 
but this is sitting right there for them. Yeah. And you know, the second they announced that the men's rumble was first and it was going to happen before that moment, that's when you knew, like, okay, Cody has to win this right now because you can't send Sammy, you can't have a rumble after that moment. Like, you have to end with that moment. And the part where Jay, Jay doesn't do it, Jay won't hit him. And he was the one who wouldn't, who didn't trust Sammy the most. And fucking Jimmy. Jimmy, that Jay's a real one. Jimmy and his fucking handshake with Sammy. Although they're all buddies, right? They're doing handshakes and shit. That motherfucker hit him first. That was the first one to hit Sammy. He lined him up with the super kick first. So you tell me who the real one is, huh? That whole thing was... And Solo doesn't give a fuck. Solo's a mercenary. <sighs> Paul Heyman's facial expressions. My girlfriend <laughs> likes to point out that he's, the, he's hilarious. Um, dude... You throw the fucking ones up for the bloodline, man. This storyline is the best thing they've done. I wasn't watching actively during Daniel Bryan, and my understanding is, like, they fell ass backwards into Daniel Bryan. They got the crowd willed them, Daniel Bryan. This wasn't that, man. Sami Zayn did this. Uh, Hold on. I feel, well, not they didn't fall as ass backwards as Daniel Bryan, because I wasn't around for that. I don't know. Although... I will say I do think they did kind of fall ass backwards into this one in this aspect. I think there was and let's let's not do revisionist history here. There was a time where we did think, okay, they don't know how to take the title off of Roman. Mm. They've kind of worked themselves into a corner here where there's really are they just waiting for the rock come Mm. WrestleMania 2023? That is a long way off. And this was before Sammy started working with uh, with the bloodline. Mm. All right. And may I say there is something that happened around the time that Sammy started working with the bloodline. What was that? Paul Levesque took over. Yep. I don't think we have any of this happening if it's still Vince McMahon who's head of creative. They, you know, watch the interview because Ariel asked him, does this happen? Oh. Does this oh, happen oh. with Vince in charge and or without without Triple H taking over? And Sammy's like, honestly, I don't think so. Here's the thing. You can go back and watch this on the WWE Network, and I recommend everybody do this. The, the buildup to Sami Zayn winning the NXT title was cathartic as hell. Paul Levesque, Triple H, thinks the world of these two, of Kevin and Sammy. okay? For being the big, muscly, giant dude that Triple H always was as a worker, he... He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's looking for talent-wise. And these guys are very talented. And like, honestly, like when both their contracts were coming up and you heard that like they offered, they, they pretty much backed the Brinks truck up for Kevin and that Sammy also got an offer he couldn't turn down to stay. Because everybody kind of knew like, yo, they're boys with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. Like the second they're free agents, they're going to get a, a call. And they offered, they, I think they said they're paying Kevin like two, three million a year. At least, am I there? You got to think Sammy's making close to two. He's never been world champion. Like, And maybe they felt they had to use him. If I'm going to pay this guy this much money, we have to put him on. You know, we put Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, for the love of God. They gave him that, you know? And hell, maybe Cody Rhodes is getting this because that was part of it. And again, I think Cody isn't going to get booed, necessarily, for winning. Um... 
I know that the rumor has been for a couple months now that the main event of WrestleMania is going to be Kevin Owens and Sam. I mean, not the main event. One of the big fights at WrestleMania is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. I'm not going to say they can't pay it off with that because honestly, they've done so well with all this, Mike, that I everything's been great. I just don't think that's going to, I just don't think so. I don't know, but I don't think, I don't know how they land that plane there, man. Unless that's, unless the payoff is ultimately Jay turning on his brother, which this is about Roman now. Also, like he, like that's Roman's a part. This isn't just Jay and Sammy. We could have done that months ago, you know, like I'm going to say this. I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've been checking check shit on Twitter, check shit online to see during this episode is like Sammy and Uso, the Uso's done anything, but I think they're not on TV this week. They're not on Raw this week. No, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, they're not on. So like Friday, that's it, man. And like, they're there, man. They are so close to landing this thing. They put two years of work into this. And I don't know. I get that like you got the thing where like, we're Cody coming back and winning the title off of an injury and winning the Rumble. Uh, the exact same thing happened when we were kids and Triple H tore his quad and he came back nine months later, won the Rumble, won the championship. Feels like we're going to that kind of thing. It's not the first time they did it then either. I just don't know if that's the right... I don't know. I think I think Sammy should be champion. He does not have, have a long title reign. He can get... I think like... Just with like the Hangman thing. The Hangman story was him getting the championship. I mean, after that, a great title reign or not, whatever. This The moment for Sammy, I think, is one, two, three, Roman Reigns gets pinned. I think that is the... Like, what's he going to do? He's going to pin Jimmy and win the tag titles? You know? Like, I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I don't think that Sammy needs to have a, a long title reign. Um, I don't see him being a, a, a very uh, long uh, title holder. But who knows? Um, I don't think anyone saw this type of run um, a few months ago. Um, not that Sammy isn't good at everything he does, but um, no, uh, I wouldn't see it being uh, that long a title reign. However, it doesn't even seem like we're going to get um, Roman versus Sammy for WrestleMania because, because WWE already has posters for Roman versus Rhodes. Yeah, um, Elimination Chamber is in Montreal, Saturday, February 18th, which I think is the same day as, um, I have no idea what time this fucking card is, but I think that's the same day as, is, is, or is it next week? When is, when are these dudes fighting? When is, is Islam versus homeboy, Alex? Is that next weekend or the weekend after? Um, not it's sure. Next, it's next weekend. Okay, in that case, there's no UFC card then. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm, they're in Montreal, bro. And like, they don't just like kind of cheer Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in Montreal. They're fucking ready to, something's going to happen. That's the next real natural step in this. But I'm, I'm, I'm really digging it, man. I'm, I, this is, this is a, the opportunity to be top five all time for them. This is right up there with Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania. This is right up there with Stone Cold. Winning that uh, the Stone Cold McMahon buildups there. It's right up there with the Hogan and Macho exploding. It's fucking, it's right there, man. It's there for the taking. And he's, you know. And by the way, I'm reading about um, Bellator and Showtime and uh, people thinking this is why Bellator being for sale 
the words on Bellator being for sale was real talk um, a couple weeks ago. So I know I just swung randomly there, but that's it. And um, yeah, we'll see, man. I'm excited to see where they go, though. I, uh, I'm going to see what they got going on on SmackDown on Friday. And uh, by the way, we didn't mention it. Shout out to Bellator giving long-term contracts to Vadim Nemkov and Antonio McKee. It's what you do with your talent that you want to put as cornerstones of your company. Mark, I thought that was a great decision, both of those, quite frankly. I think you have to do that. People are talking about PFL being number two. You got to make some moves here. You know? Yeah, no. I mean, th those are big talent they don't want to lose. And, you know, if they can sign them up and make them happy. And it seems like that's what Bellator can do. They have enough money to throw at their big stars and like, look, at, we're competitive with these other organizations where, you know, I'm sure AJ and stuff at some point might want to go to the UFC to kind of solidify his career because there'll always be, you know, naysayers about him not being in the biggest organization. But you hear a lot of these guys, like the contracts the UFC are offering are just like not as lucrative. AJ literally like, said that. I, he said it doesn't pay the bills yeah. to be famous. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and I think at some point it could, right? I think if you become champion, you know, then you're making some buku bucks, but it's like you really you're really betting on yourself hard where it's like, yeah. I could stay in Bellator and, and make more money guaranteed than like rolling the dice on UFC. So yeah, good for them. Anyway, um, we'll be back next week, guys. We're going to, we're going to preview Islam Mahachev versus um, Alex Volkanovsky. We're going to preview the other fight card, the other title fight, Josh Emmett and um, dude in, uh, I can't say anybody's name anymore this far into the show, guys. Um, Rodriguez. Rod yeah, yeah, Rodriguez. Um, I think this is UFC 284, so card gets real, yeah. real shady. Actually. Yeah, it, real, it drops off a fucking ledge after uh, that. Jesus, real, good thing those two really good fucking fights, because, man. Like, I, I think the implication they're going with is no one's going to want to watch fighting the day before the Super Bowl? Anyway. You got you to gotta save up all that, you know, sports energy, apparently. Let me tell you, buddy. I need to make money on that fight card so I can lose it on the Super Bowl the next night. When I go plus 600, Rihanna's wearing white. That's where we're going. We're going all in on that, guys. And tails never fails. That's the end of it. All right. Be back next week, guys. Thank you all for uh, listening. Really appreciate it. Let's uh, say goodbye to Fedor this weekend, guys. Let's, uh, let's see if Derek Lewis can get a win. Let's see if Sergey Spivak marches up and down, marches farther up the UFC rankings. Till then, I was Dr. Law. That was uh, DJ Mark, and uh, that was Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week. Peace out. See y'all. Now, just to make sure, we're not saying goodbye to Fedor leaving this mortal coil. He just retired. Well, Mike, hey man, this war the war is not going so well. Fedor's friends with Putin. They might send Fedor to the front line. You don't. Isn't he one of Putin's boys? Why hasn't he got a cushy oligarch job? Hey, that's probably coming up. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Peace. Dragging us out. Peace.